the abiding comforter. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Myron, could you please close the door? I'm having a bright light shine in my eyes. So please turn in your Bibles to John, 12, John 14. We're going to read again, John 14, verses 1 through 17. This is the fourth message from this uh, passage. The first time I talked about letting, not letting our hearts be troubled. Verse 1, Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. And then the last verse that we'll read today, verse 27, he says the same thing. Don't let your heart be troubled. Because I'm coming back to get you. I'm not abandoning you. I'm coming back to get you. So do this. This is a choice you, I'm commanding you to make. Do not let your heart be troubled. And then he said, even though I'm leaving and I will come back to give, get you, to take you with me, I'm also leaving myself here. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit that he may abide with you forever. Let's read John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we, don't, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Thank you. And I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, 
whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because they don't receive anything they can't see. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. By faith, of course. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. I think he's talking about the, through the Holy Spirit. And, he, do, and he, he who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the first time I talked about not letting our hearts be troubled, because he is coming back, and because he is sending the Holy Spirit for those who believe and obey, those who love him and keep his commandments. So the next time I talked about the fact that the Spirit abides, he is present. Even though Jesus was here, he came and went, and he was so unpredictable to his disciples. But the Holy Spirit abides. And Jesus, this chapter, weds the unity of the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the oneness. And, and Jesus told his disciples, you never, ever need to fear being abandoned again. I will always be present in the form of, of the Holy Spirit. No need to fear. No need to let your heart be troubled because He abides. He will abide with you forever. He's not, now you see me, now you don't. No, He's, now you can see me by faith. He's there all, all the time. But of course, it's by faith. We do not receive the Holy Spirit, but by faith in Jesus. And those who are not willing to walk by faith will not receive the Holy Spirit. Those who will, are not willing to walk by faith will not walk in the Spirit. The last time I talked about this, I talked about the Spirit, 
the Holy Spirit, being the Spirit of truth. And I emphasize the fact that you will not know truth, spiritual truth, except by faith. People want to know what's going on. People want to know what God is going to do. I want to know what God is going to do. And, and uh, there's so much that God wants to teach us. But we are so prone to go by our reasoning. We want to be able to think it and understand it and reason it out before we believe it. That's the thinker part of us. And then there's the feeler part of us, where we tend to go by our feelings. Spiritual truth is not really grasped and not really taken hold of, not really known, only by thinking and feeling. Spiritual truth is known by faith. By faith. God says it, and we just take it. We believe it because he says it. God tells us to do something, and our faith, you, you know that faith without works is dead. So, it's not really faith unless it's obedience. Trust and obey. There's no other way. Faith without works is dead. But by faith, we obey. And that's how we gain spiritual truth. It is the spirit of truth that abides with us forever. If you want that spirit of truth to abide with you daily, you need to walk by faith daily. Not only what you can reason out, not only what you can understand, not only what you feel. We don't, we, that's not safe, but we go by faith. By faith in Jesus. The spirit of truth is dependable. He abides. So this morning I want to emphasize, talk a little bit about the spirit of truth the Spirit who is the Comforter, the abiding Comforter. King James Version says, Comforter. Comforter. He brings us comfort. Comfort. A lot of you come in here and it's cold, and you ask for a Comforter, and we bring you a blanket, even the warmth of that presence brings comfort to us. He brings warmth. He brings a presence. There's something about a, a blanket that's around us that's a presence. It's present. It's right up against us. It's right with us. It's we are wrapped in it. That's the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is in us as well. Comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, this word that uh, is translated comforter in the King James, in the New King James, it's translated helper. And uh, this is quite a word. Um, 
let me put it up here. Paracletos, I think, is how it's pronounced, the Greek word. And there is just no English word that includes everything. So (laughs) I look in the different versions, and these are all the words that that are used to to describe this. And uh, uh, God is ineffable. There's no, if you take all the languages in all the world and all the words that could describe, it, it still doesn't cut it. It still doesn't cut it. He is ineffably sublime. But here are some words that are used in English. Comforter, helper, comforting counselor, intercessor, advocate, consoler, strengthener, standby, and friend. That's the Holy Spirit. So as a comforter, he is ever-present. He has an abiding presence. And again, this is to give us a security. You can be a secure person. Yes, we have our insecurities. That's natural. Because life has thrown us curves. Life has been disappointing. People have disappointed us. And we don't know the future. And we don't know what God's going to do with what happened in the past. And so it can feel a little insecure. That's natural. That's understandable. But God is enabling us to live a life of security. Security. The comforting presence. Security by faith. Paul talking to the Galatians, said, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? That brings insecurity when we try to make life come out right in the flesh by ourselves. And then he says in Galatians 5.25, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The Spirit is what gives us life. That's what makes us spiritually alive, the Holy Spirit. And we receive that by faith. Then he says, if you you are made alive by faith, then let's walk by faith too. And I'm just saying walk in the reassurance, the security of the Holy Spirit. Let that abiding presence. And you know, I believe sin. Whenever we sin, it's because we are unwilling, unwilling to walk by faith. I'm just, I'm just very convinced of that. When we sin, pretty much always it's because we are unwilling to walk by faith. Next time you mess up, we say mess up, really it's sin. Next time you mess up, you think about it. If you would be totally willing to walk by faith, would you have done that? Or would you have, um, maybe it's a sin of omission, would you have neglected that? 
if you'd have been willing to walk by faith. I believe sin is an unwillingness to walk by faith. And thinking of a comforter, I think of a comforter, this abiding comforter, another, another way I'm going to say it is reassuring presence. God's reassuring presence. It's abiding reassurance. If you're willing to walk, your daily walk in that reassuring presence, it will keep you from sin. Let's go on. Let's talk about the helper. 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 And, uh, and let's, let's combine this with the comforting counselor. When somebody needs help, what do they do? They go see a counselor. Now, that counselor may be your mother. It may be your dad. It may be your boss. It may be some uh, professional counselor. It may be your pastor. It may be your big brother. But when we need help, we go see a counselor. And this isn't, the Holy Spirit isn't just any old counselor. He, he is a comforting counselor. He is a helper. He is a helper. The question, though, remains, do I want help? Do I want help? Or do I think that I can't be weak? Do I think that I have to have it all together? Do I think that I have to be strong? Do I think that I have to have all the answers? Jesus invites us to come to him. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus came to save those who were spiritually poor. Jesus came to, to heal those who were spiritually sick. Jesus came to bring sight to those who were spiritually blind. And yes, he brought physical and emotional and all of that healing and sight to people, but I think what God really wants to do is to save us from sin, to make us righteous and holy so he can have a relationship with us. That's his biggest aim. And he does this other stuff to, to remind us of that, to meet our needs. But am I willing to be helped? There's a story told about two brothers who lived together in the same house for years. And somewhere along the line, something happened that they couldn't get along anymore. And there, there was a division between them. And they had their lines in the house. And they wouldn't talk to each other. But they had their lines in the house. They had a line in the kitchen. They had a line in the living room. The line in the hallway where they did not cross the lines. They lived in the same house. 
but they were separated and they would not talk. How ridiculous, brothers, to let that kind of a division come between them and, and try to exist in the same house. And as the story goes, somebody went to them and, and uh, went to the one and, and said, hey, you know, this is, this is kind of ridiculous. You, you know, why don't you just do, you know, humble yourself or do something uh, to, to try to eliminate this, this ridiculous division? And he said, no, druther be mad. And they talked to the other one the same way. He said, druther be mad. They did not want help. How, how much like that are we sometimes? We'd rather be mad, or we'd rather be sad, or we'd rather be um, just keep in the same bondage. We'd rather be sick. We'd, we'd rather whine. We'd rather fuss. We'd rather be independent and struggle on our own rather than have God help us. Rather than coming to the helper and living by faith in this abiding reassurance. Rather than coming to the comforting counselor, we'd rather be troubled. I'm going to put the next two together, intercessor and advocate. Please turn in your Bibles to Romans 8. Romans 8. The Holy Spirit is the intercessor and our advocate. Now we know that Jesus did his work here on earth, and we know that Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I. But not only is Jesus interceding for us, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us too. I noticed this a number of years ago, and it just so blessed me. Romans 8, we'll read verses 22 through 27. Romans 8, 22. For we know that the whole creation groans. That's you and I. We, we have our troubles. Groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of the body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. There we have the Spirit as a helper. Verse 26, Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps. He's our helper. Helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession, intercession for us with groanings which cannot 
be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows the, what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So verse 26 says, The Spirit helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit makes intercession for us. I don't ever want to hear you say, I just can't pray. Don't say, I can't pray. If you can go, ah, you're praying. If you can groan, you can pray. If you can say, God, help me, you can pray. If you can say, God, I don't know how to pray. That was the best prayer you just ever prayed. You can pray if you are willing. We can all turn to God. And no, you may not have words, but you can pray. You can sit before God. And I've heard it, I've felt it. My prayers don't go past the ceiling. That's a feeling about the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. But you can pray. You can pray. We don't go by feelings. We don't go by reasonings. We go by faith in the comforting counselor, the intercessor, our advocate. And we present ourselves. Here I am. You can tell God, I don't know how to pray. But don't say, I can't pray. Because that's the best prayer you've ever prayed, saying, God, I don't know how to pray. God, I don't know what to say. That's the greatest prayer there is. God, I don't know how to pray. God, I don't know what to say. And you bring yourself to God, and you stay with him, and you abide. John 15 is all about abiding. That follows this chapter. Abiding, abiding, abiding. You stay with him. He abides with you. He's been poured out on all men. He is the abiding reassurance. He is the abiding, comforting counselor. He's, and that's what's so comforting. One thing that's so comforting about the comforter is that he's always there. He's always there. It's not like your friends who are there and then they leave. It's not like your dad who's here and then he dies. It, God is the abiding, the spirit is the abiding counselor. That's what's so comforting about it, that he stays, he's got you wrapped up. He's living his life out through you. You just need to abide in him by faith. Walk by faith. He's yours. You are his. And as you present yourself, that's prayer. And he is praying. He is talking to the Father. And look at verse 27. Now, he who searches the hearts, and I'm going to, I believe that that first pronoun, he, is talking about God the Father. God the Father, who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he, that pronoun, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of the Father. So, you know, they're all one. It's all the Godhead. So, God the Father knows what the Spirit is telling him about you because the Holy Spirit uh, 
knows, uh, talks to God according to the will of God. And so Jesus is an intercessor. The Holy Spirit is the intercessor. And, and they're both representing God. So God, your Father, is for you. Uh, he doesn't have to intercede for you to anybody because he is everybody. He is everything. But th this, the, Jesus is up there interceding with the Father. It's not the Father doesn't need... But, but for, for us to understand, Jesus is up there, our intercessor. The Holy Spirit is here in us, our intercessor. They are God. They're, they're Godhead. God must be for you. He must be for you. I think this thing of intercession is just to help us understand. God, the Father, the Holy God, you know, up there. But, but he's, he's here in the Holy Spirit, in the presence by faith. So, he's our advocate. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's our intercessor. All right, consoler. What's a consoler? This is not a counselor. A counselor is who you go to for help, for advice, if you're willing. A consoler. What does a consoler do? When I think of a consoler, I think of somebody or something that says, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That's consoling to me. Whatever doesn't feel okay, whatever I can't think through and reason that and see with my reason that it's going to be okay, by faith, we hear the Holy Spirit say, it's going to be okay. And this comes right back to being a comforter. It comes right back to Jesus' words, don't let your heart be troubled. Consoler. Jesus said when he, the Holy Spirit, will come, he will testify of me, and he will remind you everything I said. And Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. The Holy Spirit is reminding us of that. If we listen, if we listen, he's the consoler. That helps, doesn't it? That helps. Just to know everything's going to be okay. It will. It'll be okay. Walk in the Spirit, that abiding reassurance, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit that abiding reassurance, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. There's a verse that says what I was saying. When we don't trust the reassurance of the Holy Spirit, we will sin. If we trust the abiding reassurance of the Holy Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. All right. Let's put these last three together. Strengthener, standby, friend. You're in Romans 8 there. He's a strengthener, he's a standby, he's a friend. From this, I want us to understand that the Holy Spirit represents the Father to us. Our Father. You and I are his sons and daughters. And I will never get over 
the wonder of this fact, that we can be his sons and daughters. And he's not just any old father. He is a father who is our best friend. He's a standby. He's always standing by. The Holy Spirit is here to reassure us of that. He is always standing by. And He's always there to strengthen us, to give us strength. A father is a provider, gives us nourishment, gives us strength. And the strength of the Holy Spirit is what we live by and we walk in. I want to, uh, we're going to read here Romans 8, verses 1 through 17. I want you to understand that, that, that the Holy Spirit is a present, personal, loving, consoling, enabling, and all-knowing Father. God the Holy Spirit and God the Father, God the Son, they are one. So the Holy Spirit is a Father to you. Present, always present, personal, loving, consoling, saying it's going to be okay, strengthening, enabling, and he know he's knowing. He's not just a naive guy like your dad was. Some level of naivety. But God the Father is all-knowing. He always knows what's best. Always. That's him. Now let's read Romans 8. There's therefore now no condemnation. Okay, and now these, let me just explain. These first verses are talking about Walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit. And walking in the flesh is death, is condemnation. And walking in the spirit is life and peace. And we're going to end up with talking about sonship, adoption. Verse, uh, uh, chapter 1, Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ, this is the spirit, the Holy Spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. That's what Creed was talking about. No bondage anymore. We are now free from sin. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We can actually live righteous when we walk in the Spirit. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Oh, that is so precious. 
Verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let me just go back to verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But we are debtors to live according to the Spirit. Then verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. You're a son, you're a daughter of God as you live by the Spirit. 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. No, the spirit says, don't let your heart be troubled. The spirit is an abiding reassurance. The spirit gives you security. No need to live in insecurity. You live by the spirit. Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit, the opposite of bondage is freedom, and it's called the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So it's not the spirit of bondage, it's not the spirit of, free, uh, of fear, but it's the, it's the Holy Spirit of freedom and of security. Not bondage and fear, but freedom and security. Freedom to do and to live in the sonship that we were designed to live in. We cry out, Abba, Father. Personal Dad. Personal Father. Beloved Father. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And then uh, there in verse, we had already read verse uh, uh, 26 and 27 that talks about Christ being our intercessor. And that leads up to that verse that everybody knows, verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. That's what leads up to that Romans 8, 28. That's just amazing. All things work together for those who love, for good, for those who love God. But going back to this thing of the sonship through the Spirit, it is by walking in the Spirit that we are sons It is by walking in the Spirit that we become sons and daughters of God. We sin when we do not trust the abiding reassurance of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 6, 32, your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble 
is enough for today. Sin, being unwilling to walk by faith, not trusting his abiding presence. Will we trust the comforter? Will you trust the comforter? Will you by faith walk in the abiding reassurance? Will I hold me to it? When you see me whining, when you hear me complaining, when I have actions of insecurity, when I give in to fear, hold me accountable. I want to live by faith in the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.